know what to eat but find yourself not eating it. Perhaps you've been on diets and off again and just wonder why you can't stick to them. The Eating For You podcast, hosted by me, Sally-Ann Pisk, will show you what's been missing so you can enjoy a healthier way of eating that lasts. Hi, Sally-Ann with you today and I'm just so excited we've got our resident fitness expert back with us for the new year. Angela Mills. Hello Sally Ann and hello everyone listening. Here we go again, an- another year. I know, we're <laughs> well underway. That's yeah. right. Tell me Angela, did you set yourself any goals? Or oh, the, the, um, well I'm actually trying very hard not to be extreme this year. So that's probably my one thing in that last year was a year when I did have a, a major fitness goal and which I thankfully I was able to tick the box off. But this year I think in many respects I'm, I'm more about life balance. You know, there's a lot going on, you know, personally I've got older parents that are needing me to be there for them a bit more challenging with you know with my fitness business as well so I think trying to maintain con- continuity and and tr- trying to just make sure that I'm you know as um, fresh as I can for everything ahead is probably going to be my goal yes yeah no that's good and I think too you know before we started recording we we're talking about being able to adapt to life and, mm. and being a little bit flexible uh, in terms of what sources mm. of nourishment we get you know yes. in our community we talk about nourishment not just food but everything yes. that makes us feel fresh mm-hmm. and alive and well yes um so no that sounds like a wonderful goal and what about you do oh, you have any yes, I do. <laughs> goals and it's kind of based on what didn't kind of happen last year it kind of happened and it kind of didn't because last year i had the goal of getting fit to go to Nepal, mm-hmm. you know, for multi-day trekking. And I was great with my mm-hmm. program leading up to going to Nepal. And then, of course, I arrived back into Australia on the shortest day of the year <laughs> in the middle of winter. And I don't think I went for another bushwalk for the rest of the year. Gee. And mm. it was like I'd achieved that goal. Cool. Mm-hmm. and saw the benefit of mm-hmm. walking at least you know twice a week for those two-hour hikes but it just went and so that's why I'm keen today Angela to talk about how we maintain our exercise goals and habits because this year I've changed my goal a little bit I've actually said I'm going to do two two-hour hikes a year so it's kind of like part of my routine Mm -hmm. rather than for a specific goal having said that we Mm -hmm. do have some hiking uh, trips planned for the year but that's kind of not my focus Mm because I figure if I get those two walks done a week I'm going to be fit and then you've got the solid foundation to do the types of holidays that you know you want to do down the track yeah that sounds good so please Mm -hmm. tell me Angela I'm not alone when it comes to the <laughs> yeah, exercise you are goals. not you are definitely not alone and um yeah and, and although I'm a fitness trainer I I still go through my ruts and and you know the high points and low points through the year when it comes to exercising as well so, and I know even from people I see most of us go through periods of that as well you know new year is always a time where I'm at my busiest because I get so many people coming in in through the door for the first time or or back you know people you haven't seen for quite a long time sometimes for few years and I think at this time of year we do have that renewed energy and that vigor to to go forward and 
And, I, and it's like we we're saying, how do we sustain it? How do we continue with it without burning out too fast? You know, we all, you know, have seen in many ways, if you go too hard, too fast, too soon, you, you sort of wear yourself out, you lose that focus, something throws you off track and you never quite get back on again. And, and for every fitness goal that we achieve, there are many that we don't or people don't achieve because life gets in the way or they, they lose heart or they lose focus and direction. Yeah. yeah, and and I think it was interesting before, um, you know, talking about goals versus habits. Yes. Or for me, it's about you know routines or mm-hmm. self care programs or uh, being mindful, you know, mm-hmm. of what your mind and body needs, and looking at all of those sources of nourishments and ingredients that keep us moving but keep us well, whether it's yes. sleep or the food that we're eating as well. So from an exercise perspective, how do you help your clients keep moving, keep going? Okay, well, um, that's so many respects. It's the same way that I I treat my own, I guess, fitness and and health. I always think that it's almost two levels to it. There's one which is, you know, your basics, almost like your non-negotiables, you know, without without being too strict on yourself, you know, if something, you know, falls in your way a day or a week. So what do you definitely try to um, tick off that you've done in a week or in a fortnight. And, and that for me is making sure I get some cardio exercise, you know, at least a couple of times a week, I try to get my heart rate up. I do something which is more of a mind body thing or more sort of an, a focus thing. And that for me is Pilates because there's an element of mindfulness to it. It gives me some strength and flexibility at the same time. For many people, that's something like yoga. For other people, it's meditating or going out in nature. Um, that is that is a non-negotiable, and then there'll be other things depending on what your body needs. Like for me, I I'm, you know, I'm tend to be you know quite weak in the upper body, so I always try to get some upper body strength exercise in there as well. You know, because I feel that that's lacking in other things that I do during the week, and that that is what mine looks like for someone who comes you know, presents themselves in front of me, I will really try to get a few basic things for them that sort of touch on getting your heart rate up. And again, it'll look very different depending on who the person is, what pre-existing, you know, injuries, niggles, you know, things they're contending with. Um, And then there'll be an element of also trying to get them to um, get something social in there as well. So I always encourage people to try to get into classes or part of a group, whether it's a walking group or a gardening group or something like that, where they've got that socialization part of it. And then also something which is more restful, the the opportunity to to almost clear your mind and and reflect and just be in, I guess, in sync with your body, you know, and your mind and your mental state at the same time. And then, so that's almost underpinning, I guess, a a healthy, fit lifestyle. And then on top of that, you start layering, well, you know, what is my goal? Do I want to do I want to have a specific goal? You know, some yes. months or some years you will, others you won't. Yes. And that doesn't matter, but as long as you've still got that underpinning of the, the things that you know you have to do to maintain mm-hmm. your you know yourself and to nourish your body on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I might mention that if you do have a, a goal which requires exertion, let's say you're training for a marathon or for a multi-day walk, which is going to take a lot out of you in a certain type of fitness or activity, mm-hmm. then what do you need to do to make sure that you're protecting yourself from injury? And you're also giving yourself downtime. And the fact that it's taking you away from your other, you know, duties or things that you like to do, you know, how you, let's say you're, oh, we have a classic, we have a friend who trains for triathlons, um, Ironman triathlons. And, you know, these are multi-hour commitments in a day. How do you make this up to a family of young, you know, your wife and your young kids? If they're hardly seeing you for a few days of a week, you know, how do you restore balance in your family and also to yourself, you know, to make sure you don't get injured? Yeah, yeah and, I, and I often 
remember um, for years. I haven't done it for a while. Maybe after this mm-hmm. podcast recording, Angela, I will get it out and do it. <laughs> you know, there's that kind of circle where you rate, um, you know, maybe sleep, you know, yes. family, mm-hmm. social, self-development, mm-hmm. health, all those things on a scale of, you know, one to 10, where 10 is kind of the outside of the circle. So what you're doing on all of these sort of topics or areas of your life, you're rating from one to 10 mm-hmm. where you are at the moment, where 10 right. is like the best. Yes, that's right. And the idea is you have a circle. Mm. <laughs> but I remember doing it many times. Sometimes it looked more like a star because, you know, some things I was doing really well in and some things were being neglected. And you know what's quite interesting is um, there, there's a lot of evidence. I'm, I'm not sure if it's exactly that same model you're referring to, but when it comes to that, that sort of, um, you know, measuring mm-hmm. how you're scoring on these different aspects of your, I guess, your well-being, we always tend to gravitate towards what we like don't we and so we may be a 10 on let's say fitness or on you know sleep or on socialization (laughs) but scoring like a three on nutrition or on sleep or something and that and men and and that's a really good exercise because then you have to say well i need to be doing pretty well in all of these and and maybe i don't get to a 10 in everything but i'm better off having um, a circle where yeah a circle than a star (laughs) i love stars as well ladies but it's like sometimes we need circles (laughs) they're just very long rays in every respect (laughs) but it is a a, and that's where i think that sort of thinking in terms of okay these are things i'm not very good at but i really need to make sure that i'm ticking the box and it can be in the say exercise for example Mm. as well because i put my hand up to admit to angela that you know i did a yoga on my yoga class this morning, it was all about core work, you yeah. know, my abs. And I'm thinking, oh, these aren't quite as strong anymore. Yeah. But get me out walking, no problem. Mm-hmm. Doing my abs, well, yep, that's going to need a little bit more attention yeah. because we can't just think about our abs. You know, our core is so important for so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, movement, stability, breathing. So, yeah, no, that's true. Well, I, I look at myself, say, 15 years ago um, when... Actually, is it 15 years ago? Yes, it is. I started teaching Zumba. And at that point, when Zumba first got launched in Australia, it was huge. I was doing 10 classes a week. And essentially, that was all I did at that point because I didn't have time to do much else in terms of fitness. And I was constantly getting injured, constantly in this high level of stress (laughs) because of of just trying to maintain myself well enough to be able to sort of turn up for the classes. And it's only once I started to say, you know what, let's cut back on this and do some more Pilates. Let's do a bit more strength. And suddenly my injuries just really went down. You know, it was much, much healthier in every respect. And uh, and also my weight stabilized, which is, which is quite counterintuitive because you would think with that amount of exercise, you know, you should be, you know, seriously skinny, but no, it's, it, it's, it's almost like your body rebels against it, doesn't it? But of course it could be the, the stress hormones have come up. Yeah, absolutely. Because your body yeah. is under stress. The yes. cortisol will come up. Especially and... that was perimenopause period for me as well. And of course, mm-hmm. at that point, you know, overstressing, you know, the body sees that as a stressor yeah. as much as anything else. Yes. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Um, leading up to Christmas, I was listening to a podcast about high intensity mm. exercise and weight loss. And of course, I don't encourage anyone to set weight loss goals. It's about all the mindful eating mm-hmm. and lifestyle practices and choices we can make to find our natural healthy weight. But what was really interesting for some people with the high intensity 
Is that what it's called? High interval high, training? Yeah, high, yeah, high intensity high interval, interval, interval training, yes. That stuff, yeah. um, which I don't do. We might have to have another <laughs> podcast on that one because in the right situation, yes. that can actually work very but, well. But yeah. for some people, mm. it just makes them so hungry Yes, that it has that counter mm, effect. Absolutely, you know? like, yeah. So, um, and this is what the presenter was saying. Was she was saying like, well, you know, if you're going to the gym and doing this high intensity, intensity training, interval, yeah, and then going home and feeling mm-hmm. like you have to mm-hmm. eat, eat everything fruit, you see, yeah, <laughs> yes, then no, it's not for mm. you. Um, so it's really interesting, and I have seen in the past as well that uh, obviously we need to put a bit of effort into our walking, but mm-hmm. for some people because of their hormone balance as well. Walking is far superior to help you maintain a healthy weight than really high intensity stuff. Absolutely. It is a topic in its, in its own right, I think, because as well as hormones, if you're prone to injuries and stuff, yes. trying to actually intensify, you know, do high intensity things can potentially uh, exacerbate injuries and so on. Um, but having said that, if, you're very, if you have a good solid foundation and you build up to it, it can actually work really well as, as a tool for um, regeneration of the body and to assist with weight loss and so on as well. So it is very, very personal. And, yeah. uh, and, and also, it's, it's a, we've got to remember it's another element of stress on the body. So the body's, and stress is good sometimes for the body, but not when you've got stress coming at you from every other angle and, you know, from every, every other direction in your life as well. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it is fascinating. And, mm-hmm. uh, I always enjoy our conversations about this. No, it's true. No, it's cool. So I think the thing is with, with when you do have uh, fitness goals, you know, regardless of it is, you do need to, you know, there are a few things you need to do to make sure that it doesn't become such a big thing that once, you, once you've achieved that goal or you, or you decide that you're not pursuing the goal, that you don't go into a rut. At, at the other end of it, you know, you know, you still have to make sure that you're maintaining your, uh, your overall well-being through that process. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes it also helps to um, ensure that you're looking ahead beyond the goal. You know, if you if you are the sort of person that is driven by having something to work towards, that's absolutely wonderful. You know, I mean, that's that's a, that's a good thing to have in your life. It gives you fun. It gives you purpose. It, yeah. It's something that you know it, you know makes yeah bring you know brings out more in you as well. But you also need to make sure that you're you're looking at it as a long term thing as well. In terms of this is part of the overall journey yeah. to and where I know you're going. We've talked yeah. about it before in terms of that importance of consistency. Mm. Nearly even more than quantity. Yes. Absolutely. It's the consistency that matters as well. I mean, finding something you love is great. Uh, I, I have many friends, and I myself in the past have been a member of a running club mm-hmm. where there's, you know, every few months there's a, there's a fun run or something that's happening and, and that becomes a goal in its own right. But, you, you know, you always, you know, you've, you build up that base of fitness before you get, you know, you get to that point when you start to start to enjoy these things as well. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I do find, especially at this time of year, is that I do have many um, new people, you know, I mentioned earlier, coming in uh, to start a, a fitness journey. And I have to say, it's the people that have approached this from the perspective of it becoming part of a new lifestyle tend to be the people that succeed with it and stay with it. And it's not to say that they stay necessarily with me, you know, as, as a personal training client, but this is part of their journey to be able to then diversify to do other things. So it becomes a really good starting point to say, okay, dear personal trainer, help me to assess where I am at the moment and give me some guidance in terms of directions on how to improve my lifestyle and also how to get to the point where I can start reaching out for goals. And and I do find that those types of clients are the people that are actually quite 
um, find that I get, go on a much better journey with as well because there is an element of looking at that gradual improvement uh, and also um, helping them to explore the possibilities of what they can do and, and where they can go into the future as opposed to uh, many people that uh, come in just for a short-term fitness goal like for instance it's my it's my daughter's wedding in two months and they tend to go very hard uh, I'll see them you know many times a week quite often they'll be doing classes and the rest of it and then once they've reached that event um, they just fall off and you never see, you know, fall off the edge of the earth and you think, what's happened to this person? They seem to be enjoying themselves. They seem to be doing well. Why did they not maintain that consistency that they, they went to such great pains to build up you know, into the future because they were, on, they were on track and just when they were starting to get somewhere positive, they've, they've fallen off as well. And often people with people that have got weight loss goals as well, you know, they're working towards a weight loss goal and then just, just when they get there and their body is, is being, has built up to that base level of fitness, they can continue going and improving. They, they, they sort of don't seem to continue with it. And it, it is a shame. I, th I always find yeah. it's quite sad in many ways. Yeah, and I, mean, I, think it's, I think it's really great that you raise the whole weight mm. loss thing as well as a goal because the new year is often, you know, weight loss is often up there in the mm. top three as new, res new Year's resolutions for people to set. And in our Eating For You community, we mm. don't set weight loss goals. They're mm. just kind of banned. And it's really hard because I've got clients whose doctors or other healthcare practitioners are saying, you have to lose 20 kilos or you have to lose 10 yeah. kilos. Mm. And I've also heard the same thing as what you were just describing from an exercise point of view. Um, ladies will change their eating, reach a goal weight, think they've reached their goal mm. and stop all of the eating habits that mm. were actually helping them to maintain that yeah. new weight. So... We kind of do the reverse thing. Um, we look at the eating habits first, uh -huh. we change them and allow the body to find natural weight uh -huh. for, for your age, for your lifestyle, for how you know fit uh -huh. you are. And because we have this concept as well that we have a healthy weight range that we fluctuate in because our body weight's not the same every day. And I've been really surprised and concerned how many ladies that I've spoken to over, say, the last three years, and it's hundreds, that they think their weight should be the same every day. Mm. That's without even thinking about fluid fluctuation yeah. or whether we've been to the toilet or not. Mm -hmm. And it's total misconception. Um, and I think it's something that we will definitely earmark to talk about yeah, in I a future think so. podcast. Because I think... This whole weight... Absolutely, because it's not even that your weight should be the same in every decade of your life. You know, we, you know, you are not going to weigh the same, you know, at menopause that you did earlier on. Not, not in a health, not if you're trying to maintain your health at the same time. Uh, so it's, you know, that would come at a cost if if that's what your goal was. And it's not to say for every woman, but for many women that that's what you know what your genetics, yes. you know, tell you. And you have to listen to that to an extent in order to be yes. the health healthiest version of yourself. And and I yeah. think this is really important because uh, you know recent weight loss you know podcasts and trainings that I've listen to they're starting to talk about this genetic role uh, for us uh, certainly there's lifestyle choices that we make that can fire off these genes to gain weight or make it more difficult to lose weight but we are all different we're not all meant to fit in those healthy weight range tables that I used to aspire to as a new graduate so yes. forgive me everyone <laughs> I was there but I'm certainly not there now it's all about finding your healthy weight 
and, and as Angela quite rightly said, true for your stage of life. Absolutely. And, and sometimes it just means that it's the goal that's the issue in that, well, what, are you setting the right goals? Are you approaching this in a way that is going to serve you in the long term? That's yeah. right, because I, I hear ladies say to me, you know, well, if I set a weight loss goal, I can monitor that. But there's mm. so many other things we can monitor. It's like, well, you know, have you still got the afternoon or evening snacking habit? You know, mm-hmm. Are you able to stop eating before you're full? Mm-hmm. Are you doing your three walks a week? You know, yes. There's so many other ways of measuring progress and and I like I know you take the same approach Angela it's important to celebrate those achievements because that's what brings the motivation absolutely not a number on the scales yes no way and actually achieving things is is actually wonderful it's 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 joy it 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 just uh it, it it helps you to connect with your body in other ways in that you know what your body can do, you know, when you have a fitness goal, you know, and that, that is definitely something to be celebrated. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Throughout this year, we're going to be coming back to this whole topic of goals and habits, mindful choices, um, because in the Eating For You community, we tend to talk about mindful choices rather than habits. It's probably semantics there a little bit, but, you know, habits are kind of those things that happen on autopilot, whereas mindfulness is very much being in the moment and making the best decision for you right now that's absolutely right we do need to make sure that we have those habits in place uh, and that helps us to make sure that we're set up to take on new goals when they come up in the you know in the future it ensures that we have the diversity both in terms of how we move and how we um, approach our, our lives and and just remembering that maintaining motivation is an ongoing process yeah. and it's just something that the more we practice it the better we get at it exactly and, and i think that is that whole concept you know i say to you know ladies who come through my programs it's very much about creating a habit of mindfulness because mindfulness is not just about being present and not just about observing it's about being curious mm-hmm. and that's like when we ask ourselves well you know i had you know, a different breakfast this morning, how did I feel afterwards? Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of that reflection and it's a part of building your own confidence and expertise in your own body. Uh, We've spent so many years, you know, from a food perspective, being told what to eat, how to eat, when to eat, how much to eat. Mm -hmm. We've got to reconnect with that inner knowledge and get that confidence back. And it's interesting you say that because I could draw exactly the same parallel when it comes to fitness. Um, you know, we've been told how we should be exercising, uh, how we should be feeling after a workout, um, how we should be feeling the next day after a workout. And, it, you know, it doesn't, you know, many people come in thinking, oh, well, I mustn't have worked out hard enough because I, I, I you know, I wasn't sore the next day. And it's like, well, that's a good thing. Yes. You know, that's great. You know, yes. I don't want to go through my life being sore every day either. And, you know, because I work out every day or every other day. So that mindfulness of starting to say, well, how is my body responding to this 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 type of exercise versus doing something different and if I'm having a bad day in other ways you know because I'm stressed how's my body responding to this exercise today should I be doing this exercise today exactly and that's what I was going to say I often say to ladies in our community it's about you know if you wake up feeling angry or sad or something in the morning Mm -hmm. just you know just make sure you're aware of that emotion because it's going to affect what you're going to feel like eating that's right and what you're going and what you're going to feel like doing you know 
maybe that's not the day to do the strength workout. Maybe that's the day to go for a walk. Yeah. Or maybe that's the day to do a, just a yin yoga session where yeah. you just get to yeah. relax a bit more. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, thanks again, Angela. And um, I know you have a fabulous website. Where can they find you? Okay, the, um, my website is uh, www.fitandfabulous, all spelt out. .com.au and on there we have details of different services we offer both in our studio in the Blue Mountains, um, our online Pilates membership and also we have a few little freebies and blogs there as well if you'd like to peruse it. Yeah. That, no, that's lovely. I'll make sure the link to your websites mm. with this episode's notes. Um, so welcome back for the year, Angela. It's yes. great to have you. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> Looking forward to um, doing a few more podcasts over the next few months as well. Yeah, Lots right. of topics that we've got, yes. we've been talking about bringing to you. And, and just a reminder, if there is a topic um, that you would like covered on the Eating For You podcast, please reach out to us and we will do our best uh, to cover that off for you. And if you've been listening to this and thinking, you know, my eating is not going quite as well as I would like to, don't forget the opportunity to join me in a free 15-minute call where we can just see where you're really getting stuck. And if I can help you, I'll give you that free tip to get your eating going in the right direction for you so again thanks for listening and if you've enjoyed this episode please share the link on your social media pages so we can spread the word i look forward to sharing with you again next week you have been listening to the eating for you podcast with sally ann pisk if your current way of eating is not working for you then join me in a free 15-minute mindful eating discovery call. If I can help you, I will provide you with a personalised tip to get you started with a way of eating that will bring lasting results for your weight and your health. And if I'm not the best person to help you, I will do my best to refer you on. The booking link is included with this episode's notes.